Hey, welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast. Today, we are learning how all creativity is not created equal. Hey, I am Raymond Hatfield. I'm your host of the Beginner Photography Podcast. I'm a wedding photographer here in Indianapolis. And today, we are kind of continuing our discussion on creativity. I think creativity is is kind of often thought of as this pinnacle of artistry. Um, if somebody is an artist, then we assume that they must be creative, right? So the question becomes, how do we become more creative? Well, guess what? It's easier than you think. And that is what we are going to tackle today. But first, super excited for this. I want to give a huge shout out to Ian from Canada for leaving the podcast a five-star iTunes review. Ian says, I picked uh, I picked up my wife an old Canon DSLR at the start of COVID and started to muck around with it while uh, with my dogs uh, as we'd go on walks on the beach. I really love all of the interviews and the questions that Raymond asks. Always have a takeaway and at least one gold nugget from each podcast. Thank you for this awesome photography podcast and community Ian from Canada. Ian, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that. I love what you said about being able to take away at least one gold nugget from each podcast because I would imagine that um, after gathering just one gold nugget every single week, that after a relatively short amount of time, you would probably be able to take those nuggets and turn them into something pretty amazing with your camera. So again, thank you, Ian, for your review. Now, if you are listening to this podcast here in the Apple Podcast app, and you found yourself with a gold nugget, nugget? With a gold nugget (laughs) that you picked up from this podcast, then I would be forever grateful to hear about it uh, by you leaving the podcast a five-star review. I can't tell you how much it helps the podcast, and it really does help me know what I'm doing right so that I can continue to put out episodes that you get value from. And you might just hear your review right here on the podcast. Awesome. So this week, again, we are talking all about creativity, and I have found that, you know, kind of when talking to many of you, that your idea of creativity uh, or of what creativity is, it can be easily skewed, I think, by many factors, yet whatever you think that it is, we all want it, right? You may think that what creativity is is different than 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 me, but despite thinking that they may be two different things, we still all want it, creativity. Now, uh, recently I was reading Chris Orwig's book, um, where is it? The creative fight, right? And in it, Chris Orwig says, when we witness creativity, it gives us the courage to be creative ourselves. Ooh. Oh, I got goosebumps. Creativity, it feels like a, uh, a superpower. Like when you, when you are, um, when you're, when you're in it, you often don't realize it. It just feels like you're kind of putting in the work. But once you recognize that you're in that state of creativity, it vanishes. So I know that for me, I personally really need to define my creativity. What is, like, what what do I consider being creative? And unfortunately, defining creativity can be pretty difficult. Uh, You could say that it is uh, coming up with a unique solution to a problem. Well, okay, so <laughs> okay, so maybe actually that was pretty easy. Wow. Um, okay, what am I trying to say here? So in 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 practice, in practice, 
I like rules. I like knowing what needs to be done and I like knowing when it needs to be done by. Um, but as you know, creativity is kind of like uh, like a horse. Like what's the phrase? You You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. So just because you put on your favorite lo-fi playlist on Spotify doesn't mean that your horse called creativity is, is, is actually going to drink. Now, today, I want to talk about creativity and kind of the misconceptions that I had as a new photographer in the hopes that by the end of this podcast, you're going to realize that, you know, uh, what kind of creativity, uh, what kind of creative, I guess, you are so that you can set yourself up to better get into the zone, right? I think that self-awareness is really important when it comes to creativity. Now, I started off this podcast with a quote by Chris Orwig, and now I have another one here by Ira Glass. Ira Glass says that we pursue our creative endeavors because we have good taste. Then we quickly give up on our creative pursuits because our good taste says that what we create is bad. So think about that, right? We, we, we get into photography because we like looking at photos. We, we can tell the difference between a good photo and a bad photo. But yet when, when, when we pick up the camera and we start taking those photos, our good taste that says what, if, what photos are good and what photos are bad says, oh, our photos are bad. So we give up. We give up on those creative pursuits. And I know that in my life, my you know, quote-unquote good taste has stopped me from a million things. It has stopped me from um, uh, pursuing pottery Pursuing painting, skating, uh, playing the bass, sketching, and so many other things. So many other things. For you, it could be cooking. It could be botany. Uh, botany? What's the – right? Is it horticulture? Like when you like plants, right? You like spending time with plants. You like putting plants together. I don't know. But maybe for you, you know, your good taste is stopping you from photography, Again, like I said, you know a good photo from a bad photo when you see it, but you 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 have a, a hard time capturing that good photo um, versus a bad photo. And if your taste is telling you, you know, why can't you take photos like what you see online? Well, I, I want you to know that that your taste is it's only trying to help you. Now. If your love language is words of affirmation, then trust me, I completely understand how hard it is to keep going when you hear that voice in your own head telling you that everybody else is better. But that being said, I am here to help you get to the point to where, you know, when you hear that voice in your head questioning what you're doing, you will be able to say, okay, hold on, bro. Hold on. I know what I'm doing here. And I believe that that all starts with defining your taste. It's kind of a three-step process, but I believe that it starts with defining your taste. Now, rationally, okay, if we're if we're being honest with ourselves, we can't expect to be fantastic at something like photography in which people dedicate their lives to. You know, we can't we can't expect to be fantastic at that uh, on our first go or our first 100 goes goes. But Emotionally, we do expect that. We all want that. We all want to be able to pick up that thing and just be a rock star at it, out of the gate. Because, I mean, that feels like you're skipping so many steps. Like, you just got it, and it's a natural talent. But, again, rationally, we know that that's not how things work. So, to prevent your taste from crushing your dreams, 
we need to tell it what it can and cannot critique. But to do that, you have to practice your photography. But you need to practice your photography with intention. Now, I'm, I know that you've heard me talk about intention before, as I believe that is one of the main pillars of, uh, of creativity and artistry is being able to create with intention. But most new photographers – now, tell me if I'm wrong here or if this sounds familiar. You, you, you know, you love photography. You buy yourself a camera. What do you shoot? Well, you go out to your local park, your, your local trail, and you hope to capture just whatever you see. You know, just happens to be in front of your your camera. Whoa, bird! Whoa, look at that beautiful flower! That's a terrible shutter sound, but whatever. And then we expect that we come home with just like diamonds, right? Just amazing photos, just just fantastic that we are going to want to immediately print out and hang on our walls. But again, rationally, let's break this down. Rationally, professionals. I mean, like working professional photographers shooting. Massive gigs, like corporate campaigns, very experienced photographers need to know what it is that they're shooting before they shoot. They need to have an idea uh, of a or concept before they pick up their camera. Otherwise, how do you really know if you did a good job, right? If, um, if a, I don't know, an energy company comes to you and says, hey, will, will you take some photos for us? What's what's your next question? Uh, yeah, of what? Like, what do you want photos of? <laughs> you know, what what are you trying to? What are you going to do with these photos? What do you want to p- portray with these photos? So, why do you think you can just, or at least for me, I guess I'm asking myself this. Why, like, why? Because I know that I did this as a as a new photographer. Why why did I think that I could just show up at a park or a trail and just snap a few photos and they were going to be magnificent? I don't I don't know why we think that we can bypass this step but when you when you maybe it's an ego thing again because of the, because we we everybody feels like they have good taste right um so maybe it's that it's that ego thing that if we feel like we have to have instructions how how important is taste? Like what is it actually doing for us? We feel like we should be able to come up with these things in our taste should should uh, help us to capture these things just on a whim. But again, rationally, that doesn't make any sense. Like you wouldn't expect uh, a doctor. <laughs> now, again, I know that photography is very different than medicine, okay? But you wouldn't expect a doctor to be like, man, I just love – I love medicine. I just really want to get into this field. And I think that I'm going to be able to figure it out as I go. No, you like you want them to to kind of follow some sort of proven path. You want them to be able to follow a decision tree uh, so that they don't screw something up big time. Now, if you've seen any of my Fuji Photo Walk videos that I have posted on YouTube, then you know that this is where I go out and I shoot without knowing what I'm going to encounter. But I always give myself parameters of what I will shoot so that I can know if I am successful. Now still, again, if you've seen any of the videos, you know that I come back with photos. That I'm I'm not going to be hanging on my walls. I'm not going to be printing them out. But if they fit the theme 
and goal for my photo walk, that's all I care about. And then I can tell my taste, you know, uh, that these photos don't suck because they were exactly what I wanted to capture. So step one, define your taste. Step two, take a drink of tea. All right, step three. No, just kidding. Step two. Now we need to cultivate our taste. Now, cultivating our taste, I believe, is both the easiest and the hardest thing that we can do. Okay? So we've 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 listened to our taste. We know that it's there. Now we kind of have to train it, right? It's kind of like a puppy. Like we have a puppy, but like we see that it it I mean it is a dog, but like one day it will be a good dog. <laughs> one day it won't be pooping all over the house. One day it won't be chewing up shoes. But now how do we get it there? How do how do we how do we uh train this dog? To be able to not do that. How do we cultivate our taste? Now, to cultivate your taste, you just you just dive into the things that you love. That's it. Sounds easy. Alright, game over. No. But again, I cannot stress the importance of being intentional with what you surround yourself with. Because not all things are creative equal. And not all things that somebody else finds as inspiration will you find as inspiration i know and i've spoke with many photographers here on the podcast who have said that they draw their inspiration from music and personally i can't wrap my head around that i don't i don't get it i can't i don't just i don't draw inspiration for photos through music unless it's a very literal sense now several years ago i was watching um a show called uh, No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain. And if you haven't seen the show, uh, Chef Anthony Bourdain travels the world to experience local culture and local cuisine, right? And he goes to a new place every time. And in this particular episode that I was watching, uh, Anthony met up with his friend and fellow accomplished chef, Sean Brock. And if you don't know who Sean Brock is, well, in 2010... Sean Brock won the James Beard Award for Best Chef. He is a four-time finalist for Outstanding Chef of the Year, as well as a three-time finalist for Rising Star Chef. Sean Brock has hosted season two of the Emmy Award-winning television show Mind of a Chef and has started a lifelong project entitled Before It's Too Late, in which he is dedicated to recording and sharing the cultural and culinary wisdom of... The American South. Whew. That was a lot right there. Okay. So all of that to say that Sean Brock, Chef Sean Brock, Chef Sean Brock, you got to be able to enunciate well for that one. He knows his food, right? His understanding of food is an understatement. So where do you think Chef Sean Brock and Chef Anthony Bourdain went to go dine? The Waffle House. (laughs) And surprising to me, it wasn't to make fun of it. Now, I think that we can all agree here, okay, we're all adults, that the Waffle House is not a contender to be the next Michelin star rated restaurant, okay? But Sean looks at uh, not only the food, but the experience as a whole. And in this, uh, 
in this uh, clip, you can actually find it on YouTube of him going to this uh, Waffle House with Anthony Bourdain, the exact clip that I'm talking about. He says that as a kid, the Waffle House was fascinating. He says this place was fascinating to me. I could actually see people cooking. And they were cooking for people who were out of control. And still, they were able to provide hospitality. And then he went on talking about the pecan waffles. He says, you have to just crush it with homogenized oil from the butter, and it has to be swimming in syrup. You don't come here expecting the French Laundry. Now, the French Laundry is a uh, it's a restaurant. It's a world-renowned restaurant just right outside of Napa's uh, wine country. But that statement, you don't come here expecting the French Laundry. I think that that is his way of cultivating his own taste, right? He's reining it in. He's like, look, you're not going to take over this one for me. Now, I think that when you when you can accept something for what it is, when you can accept something for as as simple as it is, and not simply the sum of the ingredients that go into it, then you can open up the door to something really special. And I believe that that right there is the key to really creative thinking. Think of how hard and how brave it must be to be a, a, a trained chef to go on national TV and express your love for a chain restaurant who cares far more about its profits than it does its own ingredients. Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Now, I don't think that Chef Sean Brock is claiming that the pecan waffle at the Waffle House is the world's best waffle. But when you take it all in, and you accept it for what it is, that's a pretty amazing thing. As a photographer, we can all do the same. Find the people who speak to you the most, right? Who is doing something? Who's doing, you know, the, the, the types of photos that you just feel drawn to? And for whatever reason, whatever reason, if you can take a list of 10 people, and then you just dig through their work. Then list out the things that you love most about what it is that they're doing, right? Why do you love their work? What, what do you think they stand for? And then if you really want to take it next level, come up with five or so rules. Five or so rules for you to follow when developing your own creativity, when you're out shooting. Based on, you know, those, those 10 other photographers whose work you just absolutely love. Now, for Sean, 
right? One of his rules for cooking might be that cooking has to be fun or it has to be immersive. Not the world's best, but it has to be fun and it has to be immersive. Now, if you're struggling with this, I want to help you out. And I want to give you my free ebook with 46 creative photography ideas for you to try out, which you can download. Uh, it is on the resources page over at beginnerphotographypodcast.com, or you can find the link in the show notes of this episode right here. Again, 46 creative photography ideas for you to try out. Free. Go ahead and download it now. Now, step three here is actually step three. We're going to do another uh, sip of tea here. Go ahead and enjoy yourself some tea. Earl Grey, lemon ginger. Ooh, ooh, sing to me. All right. So, step three here is to evolve your taste. Now, I got a question for you. I love questions. I love questions that make us think, that make us ponder, make us wonder about things because oftentimes we, uh, we see something for what it is and that's it. Now, could you imagine if after Henry Ford developed the, the car, the Model T, if uh, the Dodge brothers <laughs> doubled down on horse-drawn carriages? What do you think Dodge would be today? It wouldn't be in business. Now, could you imagine if, uh, I don't know, Kodak doubled down on film? When Canon started manufacturing uh, digital camera weight, that is exactly what happened. Do you want to live in a world that resists change? I mean, Canon was on top. They were on top. Nobody could be Canon. They were like the Coke to Pepsi. Nobody could beat them. But they resisted change. And now, well, I mean, they filed for bankruptcy. They've changed, you know, CEOs, leadership many times, just trying to get it back on track but when you embrace change I mean change is a really powerful thing when you embrace it and just like you know your skill set that continues to strengthen as you continue to practice so should your taste you're not going to be the same photographer that you were on day one than you are on day 1001 right so why do you expect everything else to be the same don't try to fit it into a box. Evolve with it. Now, I remember when I was in uh, film school, a uh, buddy and I had this joke that <laughs> uh, whenever anything – this is going to sound so stupid. You'd be like, that was a joke? Wow, that's super lame. Whenever anything looked bad, uh, whether it be in a, in a scene in a movie or just like everyday life, we'd make this joke. Be like, mm, you know what this needs? 2K for now with some diffusion, right? A 2K is a uh, it's a light with a 2,000-watt bulb inside. It's pretty bright. But it got to the point to where we joked about it so much that I let that influence how I would shoot a scene. I thought that, like, this was going to be my thing, my style. It's going to be my style to light all talent with a 2K and some diffusion. So I tried it on a few scenes, and it worked. It was pretty cool. But then... I had a scene that was outside. And, well, 2K just wasn't able to provide the power that I needed. And then we were working in a small space, and the 2K was just far too powerful. And honestly, it was it was too big, it, like in the workspace that we were in. And then we all kind of had to move around it, and it just didn't fit that scene. 
So as I was shooting, I gained knowledge. I gained knowledge on what works. I gained knowledge on what doesn't work. And my cha- my taste, it changed. Suddenly, that idea of the 2K diffusion wasn't everything. So this is this is that thing in the beginning that I loved and I no longer loved. And I, I really think that's often the case for new photographers who they get their hand uh, on Photoshop and, you know, they start doing selective coloring. I did this. You know, and this is where the entire image is black and white, but maybe the shoes or the lips are just red. This is something that in the beginning you're like, wow, that's really cool. That's really interesting. And then your tastes change. And that's Okay. In fact, I think it's great because creativity is simply your brain's ability to link two ideas together in your brain. And if you just simply did the same thing day in, day out, same idea, don't change it. Here we go. Let's do this again. Then you are not being your best to be creative. The other day, uh, I was uh, uh, driving my kids to school, and there was a commercial that came on the radio for a uh, new restaurant that was opening up. And it reminded me of my son's orthodontist appointment. <laughs> How? I don't, I don't know. I, do, I, I don't know. Our minds are crazy like that. Absolutely crazy when it comes to making connections. But I think that is why... Our world is better when we share our ideas. Now, I'm sure that when this restaurant was like, oh, we got to get the word out about the restaurant, they weren't thinking, let's come up with an ad that's going to make people remember their child's orthodontist appointment. They weren't thinking that at all. But somebody had to create an ad. They did. And it just so happened that the idea that they came up with and they shared sparked something in my head that reminded me of my son's orthodontist appointment. Why does that matter? Because the world is a better place when we share our ideas. The world is a better place when we share our art. Because you never know what somebody can draw inspiration from. So I challenge you to strive to be the source that somebody draws creativity from. That's it. Until next week... I want you to keep shooting. I want you to stay safe. I'll talk to you soon.